This is the On All Cylinders Podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Your host for today is Summit Racing's Jim Grosso with special guests, farm truck and Asian from Street Outlaws. Here we go. Jim Grosso here with Summer Racing, and uh, this week we have Farm Truck and Asian. I don't, you really guys don't really need any introductions. I'm sure everybody knows who you are. Appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. So what's going on, fellas? What, what, do you, what are we going to chat about? What, what's new? What's the builds going? And I have to say that I've sold a lot of parts in my 30 years of selling parts, but I've sold the most unusual parts hmm. to both of you in these very <laughs> peculiar builds. I've never had to order an eight foot, three quarter inch double D steering shaft or anybody. But <laughs> if you want to elaborate on that for our viewers, uh, that would be cool. Ed used it. He yeah. used that. Yeah, he did. That was the uh, the Zambrogini build. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, we were going to steer it from uh, way up high. And then we got the idea to make it a little bit safer and get on the inside and steer it from there. So when yeah. you say way up high, are we talking like six feet, eight feet, ten feet, or are we talking like five, five foot? Our our heads would have been probably eight. six, seven feet in the oh air. My. Yeah, and uh, and the goal of that Zam uh, Zambrigini, um, yep. I don't know, we we couldn't call it Zamboni on the episode. Yeah, for, we couldn't say was, Zamboni. There was, there was like trademark issues. Ice resurfacer. Ice resurfacer. Oh, okay. So there was like some weird integration. We're not sure, uh, but we were going to make that thing like a wheelie machine at first. Sure. Right. There sure. was all these concepts and ideas, and we were like, all right, what if we if we ballast ourselves at the very top and leverage that as we're the weight? But then we're like, well, that's super dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And we were going to do it on ice. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You know what? That's, you know, traction's never an issue on ice, right? <laughs> You're good with that. Especially it, for a wheelie. Yeah. And then we so. were going to like build a cage around us. Right. And we scrapped that idea, but then it came out better than we thought it was going to. That's right. Um, and they're happy with it. And it's actually in Vegas. Uh, still, it sits at their uh, their arena there. Now, I can't remember. What was the power plant in that particular unit? Uh, we did a, uh, what was it? A 6.4 six, a six Hemi. It was, a, yeah, it was an SRT8 right, engine. It was right. a pretty much a rebuilt SRT8 engine from Modern Muscle Extreme. Uh, they helped me out with the Jeep. And so sure. they wanted to be a part of a project. And we thought, okay, this is a good one where we can just throw a, a crate motor style engine in there and uh, see what it does. Because we didn't have any expectations. You know, Modern Muscle Extreme, they wanted to make a, a full-blown race car out of this deal. And we thought if we're going to be way up high, you know, seven, eight feet in the air, mm-hmm. we better bring it on down to size a little bit. <laughs> and protect the driver as well. That's right. Right. No, I get it. So, you know, I, I hate to ask this, but I'm going to ask it. Where does these ideas come from? Well, Asian and I both, we we always share ideas and we come up with the ideas together. You know, uh, sometimes most of our ideas start off with, I really have a bad idea that's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, sure. And that's that's usually, uh, you know, what's said in the beginning. It, it usually, so. It's usually, hear me out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually it's just that we, we kind of do it around the vehicle. We forget that there's sure. even a driver in the vehicle. We're like, all right, what would this vehicle look like if we built it? But then we're like, oh, someone's got to drive it. And that's exactly what happened at the Zamboni. Right. We thought, oh, this is going to be some cool build and it's going to do this. And then mm-hmm. like, wait a second. How do we keep the drivers safe? I'm like, wait right. a second, we're the drivers. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Uh, we just thought, you know, if it got squirrely at all, it would. You wouldn't want to be seat belted in if something bad right, happened. Right. Right. So you wouldn't be seat belted in. You'd be really high in the air, and if it swerved, uh, it could throw you right off. Right. So a lot of these projects, they just kind of end up as sketches on the wall, or just ideas in the head. Or you know, the mad scientist comes over and draws on the ground and says, "All right, what if we do it this way?" 
more ideas get scrapped than, sure. than get get put on paper. Um, so it's uh, there's a lot of ones that are in the books still that we still want to build that are, hey, some are budget friendly and some are beyond the budget. Um, and that's kind of what happens, right? We, we, we kind of stay within our means financially to whatever we can create, and whatever's relatable. I think that's kind of what we saw with like, you know, with with Gas Monkey Garage. I think we all somewhat, whether we want to admit it or not, fell in love with Aaron Kaufman's style mm-hmm. of building, right? And we were all like, oh, cool. They're, they're flipping these vehicles. They're taking these 50s, 60s style yep. vehicles and they're flipping them real quick. They put some wheels on them, some airbags. And we thought, I think everyone thought that was really cool. Yeah. And uh, I love that. And then we kind of saw what happened. We kind of saw the, the shop turn into a celebrity of its own. We saw that they needed to keep jumping the shark and we didn't want to kind of we, we definitely didn't want to become that and we, we we thought that we could avoid that by just building one-off things how can yep. you jump the shark when it's never been jumped before and so we, we definitely didn't want to outgrow ourselves with these and build ferraris and build lamborghinis and put a r8 engine in a delorean that stuff's cool but it's just right it, you reach a certain point i think of I don't know. What's next? An R8 and a DeLorean. Oh, that here sounds we go. like a good build. Yeah, that's yeah. like a that's, just, yeah. that's $100,000 just in <laughs> parts. Sure. Never mind. You know, yeah, Never you know mind. what? To be honest, though, for my generation, you know, let's think about the Batmobile, George Barris, these one-off cars that inspired yeah. people to take a hammer to a piece of metal and just not bolt it on. So that's you right. guys are, are really living the same dream, if you will. I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on with slinging stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, put it on paper and then start welding, fabricating. You know, I think it's really cool. You know, I know that the, uh, the farm boat, when you sent me the picture of that, I went, why is the farm truck on water? I didn't get it at first. And then I realized, well, you put a boat underneath it and got a body and did things like that. Those are the icons that'll go down. And, you know, those are in 50 years. That's what another generation is going to be talking about. You remember that? You remember that? That's cool. Uh, That's cool. You're the first person that's ever said that. Yeah. You know, we were a little worried um, that the ideas were so far out there that people really wouldn't take to them, that they really wouldn't like them. Uh, That was a worry of ours. Yeah, it didn't last too long. We just said, screw it, build it anyway. It's It's what we want to do. And... Uh, we know that everyone's not going to love everything we build um, because it is, uh, they're all unusual. And, you know, it's just like any a- a- artist, you know, it's rare that every song on your album is going to be a hit. That's, That's right. right. You know, and so you're going to like some more than others. Um, and we, we just did what we thought was creative at the time. And a lot of it's new, right? Like, and so a lot of it's first, first, first to bat, first to swear. Right. And, um, how do you how do you you know look for inspiration when it's never been done before? So a lot of the stuff was just sculpted strictly from the mind, and it, it came out how it came out. Might mm-hmm. might might have changed things if we could go backwards. Uh, might improve things, but for the most part, I think everything pretty much turned out the way that it should have. How about the no driver hearse? Did it hit ten seconds? Did it? How did that go? Uh, it did. It broke into the tens. Okay. Uh, you know, we were really proud for a vehicle, you know, that was, you know, 7,300 pounds. We were thrilled with that. We think that uh, we really didn't have enough time on the show to really tune it and test it and get it done the way that we wanted to. And that was with all the builds, really. Mm-hmm. The things that we did were the first time out, uh, you know, like the world record. That was the first attempt at the world record for the world's longest burnout. And we were amazed that all of them worked. 
You know, they were all unusual, but they all worked uh, on the first time. Uh, there were a couple of failures in there, but I don't know, man. It was a miracle to us that everything worked the first time. I know. Uh, I'm not sure. I was at Jeff Lutz's shop, and I seen the uh, the hearse up close. The workmanship, uh, just the design, uh, was just just incredible. You know, until people see it up close and in front of them, you know, they just think, ah, it's a, you know, it's a heaped up old hearse. But the ingenuity, engineering behind it is really cool. You know, the whole goal of that is um, I wanted to leave it as natural as possible because whenever we got it, it had sat on four flats for 30 years. You know, the floors were rusted out of it. I didn't even want to take the spider that was living in it out of the car. I wanted to leave it there. And it was on Asian's side and uh, <laughs> Asian don't like spiders. So that's okay. So he you eradicated it. <laughs> yep. it, it was either the spider or Asian. So the spider. I get it. Go. I'm sure he was relocated safely to a nice home <laughs> and an upgrade yeah, of where he was. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we just wanted it to be a sleeper. We didn't want it, you to be able to see anything from a distance and think that it was anything else but an old hearse. Uh, we had to put that bullhorn on, uh, you know, tracks will require a bullhorn on a diesel so you don't soot the track because the exhaust actually runs out the back bumper and there's some vents in the back bumper. Anyway, uh, we were pleased with the with the outcome of it. It, it turned out uh, just like I imagined it would, except for the spider. Yeah, it's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, Thank Adrian, you. I know that uh, the church boys redid your, your four-door Mordor Nova, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's uh, Church Boys has kind of, you know, they, they've taken the leap. They've jumped jumped off. And I think Chuck has kind of done his own thing. You know, he had a cush job. He was he was working many years under the same company. And he finally said, hey, now's the opportunity for me and my family. Sure. Um, I've worked for somebody else for so long. I've given them the respect and the priority. And I think Chuck is shifting gears a little bit and saying, uh, I think I can do it on my own. And he is, he's doing it. And I think that he's gotten himself, you know, a, a bigger trailer. He's investing more heavily into the events that he was attending before, but now mm-hmm. just more involved. And uh, he's asked us if we'd like to be more involved in, in, in what he's doing. And, um, and of course, you know, for what he's done for us and the heart that he shows to us and to every every one of his customers and um, the, the guy's first class, he's top shelf. So, you know, that guy is amazing. Uh, Asia and I both are fascinated with him mm-hmm. because he loved Chevy twos, you know, as he was growing up and he looked for parts and there were none. So he made them himself, you know, and then other people saw the parts and said, Hey, can you make me one of those? Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, he started his own business and there you have it, man. It's it's an awesome American story. It really is. You know, and there's many other things in the car world that need to be invented. And uh, that if, if you can't find something, make it. And you might have your own Chuck Church story. That's true. Right. Yeah, right. that's all I did. He just kind of took what designs already existed, which was great. Even when I was trying to hot rod my Chevy, I think there was maybe a TCI kit. <clears throat> maybe there was. Um, but then Chuck came out and has it. Now everybody has their own version of that. Sure. Kit, you know, that sure. Mustang two style subframe. But uh, for me now, we, we, we see past the product and we look into the people behind the products. Sure. Right. That's been more important sure. to us now than anything. Right. Um, heck, we've been with, you know, Nitrous Express, you know, for so long. Yeah. And it's because of the people. 
right? That's like, right. I don't care. I could get a solenoid that sucks and I lose my race. I don't care. I'm sticking with it. Right. right, because, right. because of the people, because I know it's not their fault. Right. I know that they do everything they can to make everything as good as possible. And they take it personal too when, when something doesn't go right. Um, I think too many people jump ship and, and, and try to naysay certain things, you know, along sure. the path to discredit. It's, the, it's our fault if something goes wrong, right? It's, it's our right. fault. So, you know, we look at Chuck and Chuck has gone through this journey and he's really put the pieces in place to make mistakes. And I think that he's he's really on the path to turn church boys into something big. So how many miles have you put on it since then? Or have you had any any time to put any miles on it? Yeah, car, yeah the car is probably too special to me uh, to, to, to go into deep conversation about it. But it's uh, probably less than 10 miles. Sure. Um, I've, I leave it up there. I'd, I would l- love nothing more than, the, than to cruise route 66 with that car, but there's a piece of me that feels like I don't really deserve it. It Chuck did so much for us there with farm truck, finding the car and, and, and Lou and, and Ed, and they all kind of keeping the secret to rebuild the thing. Right. The car means so much to me that I don't feel like I deserve it. And so I le- it's up in Ohio. It's up a church boy still. Yeah. I, I, I really think that I'm going to benefit from the selfishness of owning it but I really think they're going to gain a little bit more leverage. They're a growing company. And if they can use that as a marketing tool or a mascot for their builds in the future, or if it attracts attention, I I can put it in my garage and it will sit there and we could do YouTube videos about it, stuff like that. But I just think that it has, it's more advantageous for church boys to keep it for a little bit longer and to enjoy it for themselves as well. Or maybe it's in Ohio because you can't go jump in the barn and fire it up. <laughs> maybe that's well, the truck's way of keeping it away from you. you, know, you we have been very busy in the past couple of years building all these things for the Farm sure. Truck and Asian show. So there wouldn't have been time anyway. Right, um, right. You know. And, and we all have that car anyways, right? You spend your labor, love, and your money, and all of a sudden life takes over for whatever reason. And That's right. You know, it gets parked in the corner. and you know, when, Well, you know, there's not very many stories out there where the car that you regretted selling actually finds its way back, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it's hard. You know, there's a, sure. just a handful of stories like that. Yeah. So we feel very fortunate. We should start a site like for lots of cars. <laughs> that's actually oh, a great yeah, that's idea. A, it is a great oh, idea. Great yeah. idea. Yes. And, and yeah, I think that, you know, we can't beat ourselves for, I can remember why I sold it. I can remember the situation I was in. I can remember everything. And, and I don't think it was avoidable, right? I think that that's what happens most of the time when people sell these vehicles vehicles is they're hit with an unavoidable circumstance mm-hmm. where they need the funds. That's right. You need it right. Like a sure. baby's on the way and there is a priority that's greater than our own selfishness. And I think that, well, you wouldn't have been able to store it. You I wouldn't, wouldn't have, have been able to take right. care of nah, it. I wouldn't have. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> instead of parking it out back under the oak tree and, and right. getting ruined, you let it go Yeah, that's you right. know, for someone else to enjoy. That's right. Yep. Um, and crazy enough, 10 years later, uh, when, you know, farm truck located it, it was exactly the same. Nobody touched it. Nobody. That's right. They didn't even improve it. I wish they would have improved it a little. <laughs> you know, when I when I first met Asian, he was listening to the Beach Boys cruising on Route 66. And whenever we found that car, the same CD was still 
in the CD player. Yeah, it was cra- the nitrous bottle that yeah. farm truck had filled was still in there. Yeah, uh, the original key, the keychain. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and it had traded hands several times between in the Carolina somewhere where where it went, and the car was just exactly the same. There was nothing. the nitrous bottle was empty. It was empty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so right? someone figured out how to do that. Yeah, there's a little more surface rust on it, you know. Yep. Um, yeah. But it was just uh, it's a true miracle story for a car guy for everything to be the same. It, it's funny when you come across, you know, a car like that, you know, you buy a car and mm-hmm. you start reaching in there. And I, I, I bought a car, I don't know, a few years ago and I reached under the seat and a time slip was in there. And I was like, nice. Holy cow. I, I can't believe the car went this fast. You know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. When you get a, when you get an old car or something, you, you go through it and be like, Holy cow, this yeah. a receipt from California. You know I mean? It's here in Ohio or wherever wherever you're at, but uh, it, it really brings a story. We enjoy that. That's one of our favorite things to do when we get a vehicle is to mm-hmm. go through it, take the carpet out and, and then find the previous owners. Oh yeah. Like the Walker wagon. Yeah. It was really cool. You know, like we, we had purchased the, uh, that 63 Nova wagon uh, from Barrett Jackson, which was previously owned by Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it had some of his verification in there. It had his name on some of the documents, um, had his address on some of the stuff. And it was just cool to see, to go back through whatever history's left behind. I don't know. We're all just trying to be archaeologists and figure out the vehicles, you know, whereabouts. Yeah. That is a perfect analogy. We are really because I do the same thing. The first thing I do is pull the seats out and see what's in the back quarter. Yeah, behind. that's right. You know what I mean? You, you wrappers. You sure. know, you, you find coins and check the date. In yeah, a, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So on that note, what's the craziest thing you found? Keep it clean. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we found some old build sheets from the factory. Oh, wow. Um, that was kind of cool. From vehicles that we've found, probably not much exciting. I found a gun one time. It was an old rusty gun. Wow. It was like a 22 that somebody had hit at one point under sure. uh, under the, under where they cut the carpet and then they slid it right. uh, in the tunnel or next to the tunnel. Um, but I gave it back to the original owner. So that I didn't know whose it was or what it was connected to. So, but it was just an old 22. I'm sure it was nothing. Tell us a little bit about that Airstream. Uh, I didn't catch too much of the, the trailer so race, the information on it. So if you could share, that would be wonderful too. That idea started when I was a kid and I always wanted to build it and, you know, finding all the right components and getting some help, uh, you know, from the show allowed that to come to life. I'd seen a camper come off the hitch and pass us and it slid off over on the side of the road. And at first I thought, is someone driving that? And then I just, from then on, you know, I always wanted to build it and uh, we were able to do it. You know, we found that forties era camper and uh, the 1977 Chevy short van, uh, which made the perfect platform to make that thing come to life. Uh, We were going to call it the blind spot uh, for obvious reasons. Right, right. Um, it couldn't have turned out better. That's my favorite build. I love that thing. It's such a, a shocker. We love driving that thing around and, you know, passing people on Route 66. And you either get a big smile or you get a shock look on their face. But the ones that get me are we pass them and they don't even notice. That's that's the ones <laughs> yeah, that get those, me. Those are strange. You know? Yeah, they're they just they've got their blind spots on. Right, them. right. They're, that's right. In their world, um, but I, I I accredit that to it, he did such a good job with it. Why would they look at it? Why sure. would you look at it? It yeah. looks like a camper, right? right. Like and so yep. and if they weren't paying attention, that then they won't. They they'll see what they think their brain is supposed to see. 
it's weird because you know farm truck and i are, are aren't big practical jokers in the sense that we don't try to prank people you know there's not a water balloon above everybody's door there's not a mouse trap in the tool right, right, you know, we're not right. big prankers but we kind of like trolling right like sure. the farm truck was our first troll it was it was rolling through town that's right and trying to pick races with people that wanted to pick races with us first right, right? right, right. so we kind of like the trolling we let the vehicle kind of do all the all the setting up, all the talking for itself. And then we, we help the vehicle, you know, whether it's taking bets or, 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 you know, just a head fake on, on the street, it's uh the vehicle's kind of the joke in itself. We're just facilitating its, right, its ability. Right. Well, you're just reactionary people. You, you like to see people's reactions, yeah, right? But that's, it, it. that's right. That's it. The, the funny part is when you mention when people don't look at something like that, you always wonder, what have they seen in their life if they're not worried about <laughs> going down the highway with nothing yeah. holding it? So, you know, it, it's it's really cool. But you're right. You know, uh, the ones that don't do that, you're kind of makes you a little even more curious. Like, Man. Hmm, what would it take? Yeah. You know, yeah. Light it on fire or should we, you know, lay an airplane on That's top? right. Yeah. Or maybe they've just seen too much. Maybe they're right. just so over it. You know, they're just like, I've seen it before. <laughs> yep. But, you know, those are the things, the, the Airstream, some of the other things that you've built, you know, I, again, it's it just neat to see that kind of stuff out of the box. I always tell folks, you know, embrace the passion regardless of what it is. You know, I think that um, ideas come easy. You know, yeah. uh, people come up with ideas all the time. It's the follow through. It's the work that you have to put sure. in to make it happen. You know, people come at us with ideas all the time and I immediately encourage them to do it. Um, it's their idea and it's a great idea and mm -hmm. they should do it instead of us. I know a lot of people don't have means to do it. Uh, you know, some huge uh, build, you know, uh, like, like the Airstream. Still, there are ways, you know, uh, back in the day, a quick story uh, about my engine builder. Um, I needed some motor work done and he needed his kitchen remodeled. So I drove the four hours north in Salina, Kansas to work on uh, his house and he put my motor together. I think I drove um, for three months straight. Uh, every weekend to his house to build cabinets and set tile and sinks, plumbing, paint, uh, you name it. So uh, I traded my skills that I had at the time for an awesome motor that I could put in the farm truck. Uh, so you don't necessarily have to have money to sure. accomplish these goals. Trade your skills. Uh, mm -hmm. You can make it happen. You know, the, the the passions are the things that are stupid. They're the silly things in your brain that don't make you no money that you know your friends are going to make fun of you for. Those are truly the things you got to chase because everything else has already been done. It's easy to follow that path or, hey, you know, I mean, I think that you just got to really pursue those those passions. And then it's like, how do you do that? It's like, well, it's one step in front of the other every day, right? That's like right. it's one bolt at a time every time. And every project's the same. That's one thing that we look at now. It's like, oh, well, how do you do it? Well, okay, well, let's draw it out. That's first. Mm -hmm. Look at it. Well, what do we need to buy? Okay, well, let's buy that part first to see if it even fits. And then once you commit to it, everyone else will commit to it. Right, they, right. You know, everyone will say it's stupid until you start doing it. And then they're like, I want to do it, right? right. Like, and so it's it's just like, hey, do you guys want to play a board game? Well, no one wants to play a board game until someone gets the game out. Get it out, start setting it up and say, hey, I don't know about you guys, but I'm playing Jenga today, right? right? Yeah. And you got to start, someone's got to start. And that's that's usually the snowball effect.
And also, I want to encourage people, uh, do what you can do. You know, you don't have to have this awesome motor in your car. Just mm-hmm. get a stock motor running. You can always upgrade it later. All the guys that are uh, started off hot rodding, they got what they had. They worked with what they had Yes. Uh, whenever they were young and as a teenager. Uh, they got it running, and then they saved their money. And the next thing you know, uh, they're going fast. And then right. other people uh, from the outside looking in think, oh, wow, this guy's got a whole bunch of money. Well, he didn't. He just had passion. Yep. And he saved his money and made it happen, and it slowly turned into – what you see today. So, and, and I think uh, uh, the, the first step to doing something for yourself that's different is to stop ridiculing others that are doing that, mm-hmm. right? When, when people see the guy with the big banana boat driving down the highway, they're like, oh, he's rich or he, that might be all he has. Mm-hmm. He might be that's sleeping right. yeah. in that thing, right? Like we don't know, yeah, but sure. that's, his, that's his passion, right? Like yep. what you have to start doing first is stop criticizing those who are already doing it. And then once you do that, that's actually the very first step. Once you can stop and start start praising them, start saying, mm-hmm. you know what, that guy's doing it. That that's guy's right. doing something different. Once you start doing that, you'll give yourself some confidence to do it for you. That's actually the very first step is stop being so critical of others. We always say inspire the passion regardless. Everybody's project, regardless of what it is, car, truck, Jeep, I, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, mm-hmm. It's their passion. It's what they're proud of. And, yeah. and like you said, you know what? You need to inspire them. And that's the most important that's thing. Right. It's the right thing to do. What else? What else we got to cover? What did we miss? Only like the last uh, <laughs> 10 years or anything else? Yeah. Going on? Hey, I think there's a, a car person turning 16 every day, right? That's right. Sure. And, and they don't sure. know anything. They don't, or maybe they know a little, but they're not, they're just not going to know everything, right? right? And so um, I think that we, we kind of fit the mold where we're constantly, People, you know, I think people outgrow uh, who we are because we kind of stay in our lane, right? They want right, to see us build right. a pro mod. They want to see us do backflips and monster trucks, but that's, that's just right. that's just not us. We're we're still in 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 kind of the the teaching and learning mode, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we'll always kind of stay in that lane. So, kind of going back to what you said, it's 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 you know we're we're trying to re- keep that passion. We're trying to keep people uh, keep it relevant so that people sure. can see us and say, oh, maybe maybe I could do that. You know, at least have a have a mile marker to reach. You know what? I don't think that the, I don't know what what particular words to use, but our historical video, if that's such a thing, or documents, I watched the 1967 NHRA Spring Nationals. And you look there, they were, you know, top fuel. There was two guys, you know, they had whatever they could on the car. I looked at there, they had like a dually with a trailer and look what we've come to. You know what I mean? we, We need to take it to the next step. Yeah, you need to inspire those folks because it, everybody doesn't have money, but you have ingenuity. In that's farm right. truck, that's what you were saying. You keep working at it. That's right, and, and you just keep chipping away as as you can. That's all that you can do. You know, um, a quick story. Whenever I bought the farm truck a long time ago, uh, I was in construction, and I had a guy working for me, and we rode around in it, and it was you know fourteen seconds, uh, which was incredibly fast for a truck that looked as crappy as it did. And um, he handed me a magazine and it was a Summit magazine. And I thought, well, what am I going to need this for? And then I didn't realize the maintenance of a race car. Anyway, he was a guy that uh, he was just a dreamer. He'd never built anything, uh, never had anything, but he had that magazine and Mm -hmm. he would flip through it and it would inspire him to do things. So I started having problems with the farm truck. And then 
I thought, hey, where's that magazine? <laughs> and I started flipping through it, you know, and it would inspire me uh, what to build, how to build. Later on, I'd met Asian. We started, you know, racing together. And when we would lose a race, that magazine was therapy <laughs> because we lost, you know, and we would go back, back to the shop and we'd of start course. flipping through. What, and what hey, if we had that, then we'd outrun that guy, you know, <laughs> right, right. It always made us feel better. <laughs> so I worry, you know, about, you know, all these magazines uh, going virtual. Is that the right word? Right, sure. right, yeah, you're right. right. Yep. And uh, hopefully that never happens. I'm sure it costs a lot of money to print that magazine, but I always just love just flipping through sure. the magazine and the inspiration that you get from that. I guess I need to learn how computer works. I th yeah, no, I think that that's true. I mean, I, he's talking about, you know, us car guys having these rituals, right? Oh, like sure. win or lose, we have a ritual, yes. right? Like, yeah, that's um, right. And so when you win your race, my car never needs to be any faster than it is now. <laughs> that's ever. Right. It's yeah. the fastest right? thing on the planet. When yeah. you lose, I don't know why it's so slow. <laughs> 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 right? Like it, it was always um, – I would look to those catalogs and I couldn't believe that that stuff could be purchased. I couldn't mm. believe it. Right. And so it was always like a, an inspiration to me to say, anyone can buy this stuff. And, you know, in my mind, I'm just like, no, how do people get this stuff? And then mm -hmm. from that point, you know, I, I kind of fed my entrepreneurial desires. Like, okay, well you have to have money. Okay. Well money. All right. Well I'll right. trade money for this. So it became about accumulating money to be able to make my car faster. Right. Sure. And so I kind of, grew up in the industry as an entrepreneur, but also as a car guy. Um, but, but those magazines early in the day uh, taught me uh, what it takes to be an American. You can have yep, anything yep. that you see if you work hard enough for it. Yeah. Gold in the streets, they say, right? Gold in the That's streets. Right. You just got to yeah. commit and you, you have do. to work hard at it. And we okay. appreciate you taking the time today. It's yep. always a pleasure to, to chat with you too. Thank All you, right. Jim. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks, you, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having us. This has been the On All Cylinders podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com. Onallcylinders.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.